Welcome to another episode of Business Intelligence. My name is Dr. Wei Chun Wan. I'm here with Joey DeGangji. Everyone. It's a very interesting ride. Um, you know, we yeah. uh, now have a professional recording studio and we want to keep um, uh, providing really good contents to you. And this is really um, after um, being dormant for some time, we're, right. we're diving right back into it. Last year has been um, a pretty wild ride. Yes, you know, and very I think much. everybody still experiencing uh, the disruptions that in the in the marketplace, and we've talked a lot about you know what what kind of disruptions that we've had. Right, Joey, how how has your summer been? Oh, it's been very busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we've uh, a lot of a lot of new clients to work with, a lot of just. A lot, a lot going on. So everybody's I wanna, coming out. You know, so I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, be portrayed as kind of like an oracle. Like, did we talk about this last year? Like, we talked about yeah. the fact that you know this. You know, last year when everybody was shut down, and we said that you know what that that would probably be the best timing to start your own business. Oh to yeah. Start thinking Absolutely. about how you should expand your business because when this ends and this will end. Yeah. Um. You know, things will kick right back up. And unfortunately, you know, as an economist, I could tell you that people have this wild thinking um, uh, by believing that you know, economy, rec- economic recovery is like a lighting switch. Right. right. You could turn it on and off as you wish. It doesn't work that way. I mean, right. we've still witnessing, we're still witnessing a lot of disruptions in the marketplace, including yep. the supply chain. And people have been hearing about the shortage of, of some semiconductor chips. I mean, if you are trying to buy a car whether it's used car or new car, this is a really bad timing. If you want to buy a house, oh my goodness, yeah, the, oh, real yeah. estate market, the real estate market is completely out of the whack. And I think, especially in big metropolitan areas, um, the housing price could be up as much as 25%. I've been hearing some interesting and right. wild stories myself. Even some clients that, you know, they're in the business of building houses, the, the, the whole supply chain, like it's... It's completely disrupted. Yeah, I mean, some of the pricing of the raw materials have gone down uh, significantly because, again, uh, it, it's going through the in, uh, an adjustment period, right? Mm-hmm. So we're seeing some of that uh, returning back to somewhat normal, but it's still got a long way to go, right? So I, I got want to tell you, I mean, I, I did a road trip back to California right. uh, from, from Pennsylvania where we are, and then uh, for every hotel that we stay, every restaurant that – that we visited, they were short in staff. Right. Yeah. And I am now seeing the hiring signs everywhere. Yeah. Right. And I again been talking with a lot of business owners, and they have really trouble finding not just the right and good people, but just people. Right. Just people. I was um, staying in one of the hotels in, in, in Las Vegas, and I had to wait in line to check in. I don't remember how long. I mean, it was it must have been at least an hour. And then right wow. after I get to the front desk, um, the person, first of all, thanked me for my patience. But, you know, secondly, relayed to me his concerns of not having enough coworkers to help help deal with, with the customers that they were getting. And oh, wow. it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know um, a, a repair shop, a car a mechanic mm-hmm. that talked about how, uh, how much business that he's been getting, he's, he has to turn business away. Um, and, um, you know, he, he said to me that he would probably never be de- been able to um, get another year like this. Um, and mm-hmm. he's, th- this year, uh, he's on path to make a record profit. Wow. 
And so it's affecting every one of us. And for the upcoming holiday season, yeah, you see how you know the all the major ports around the world are congested, mm-hmm. right? So people are pulling hard goods left and right, right? Despite the fact that the coronavirus situation is still very significant and serious in a, in um, pretty much all areas in the world, right? But people are expecting that we have a somewhat normal holiday season, especially in the West, and people are preparing for it. Don't get me wrong. I think the variants are still very serious. Right. Right. And I don't think that we could eradicate COVID anytime soon. Um, But what are the opportunities embedded within Mm. is the question of interest, and which is why I think you should – Listen to our pockets because <laughs> we're sharing our observations with you. Yeah. Um, and, and like Joey said, I mean, our business has seen some really interesting spike in right. customer demand. And right. we're serving clients, you know, that span from all these different industries. It's crazy. I mean, we have clients that are coming to us from construction industries, yep. fitness industry. Uh, like, for, for example, like these industries were affected. The, oh, the most. The most. The most. Last year, and now yeah. they're coming back, right? Yeah. So they want consulting services. They want, you know, to build a, a better and a more effective business models. The digital, they're, like they, they, all these businesses that got forced into this digital environment. Yep. You know, now they're, now they're the ones that seem to be pulling ahead because they, you know, they got thrown into the gauntlet and overnight had to become either experts or find experts to work with. And now you see, like they're they're revamping sites, they're building out new platforms, the revenue models that they've had to come up with just to sustain, like the the forced innovation is we get to, we get to see a lot of that, and it's really exciting. It, it is really exciting, and obviously it creates a lot of opportunities for ourselves, and because we're serving them left and right, and we're so busy to uh, you know catching up with with what we can provide. And last year, I remember we talked about the hit in the real estate market. Right, a lot of companies abandoned their office space because, you know, you simply cannot yeah. work in person, right? So yeah. people are relying more on the on Zoom, you know, the conferencing conferencing software. And that's not going away because, no. you know, we're still meeting a lot of people remotely, yep. right? And and um, there, there's a lot of reason for that. You know, once you have kind of like the paradigm shift, mm-hmm. it's a done deal. Like people have adapted to this new work relationship and work environment. Yeah. And you see all these technology giants, they, they want to honor their words, right? Even though mm-hmm. in some areas in the United States, it's somewhat uh, safer. It's safer to return to in-person work environment. Right. But still, a lot of companies said, you know, if you want to work remotely, that's fine. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll respect your decision. Um, so a lot of companies, they're not returning to the old traditional model. Right. right? And I've talked to one of the clients of our own uh, who works in the commercial real estate market. Very interesting. Uh, you would think that the real estate market is only, um, um, uh, you know, skyrocketing on the in the residential space. Uh, no, real estate market for the commercial space um, is also um, skyrocketing, mm-hmm. right? And you'd be interested in knowing this, right? So, so this is what one of my clients does. Um, so she goes out and she manages commercial right. space. She represents this big company. She would um, go out and, um, you know, evaluate um, all these different spaces that, that and make recommendations to, for, for her company to purchase. Mm-hmm. And then they will, they will lease the space out, the building out, right. to companies on pretty long-term leases. 
right? We're talking about seven years or 10 years, mm. right? And I was like, wow, the COVID must have hit you pretty hard because I don't see the commercial people yeah. coming back to the real estate market and wanting to lease buildings for that long of time. And she's like, no, Weichuan, you're wrong. It's mm. incredible. Like now, you know, the, the, the only thing that changes is that they're not trying to turn the spaces into cubicles. Oh, They're using the spaces for all these different, um, you know, um, purposes, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, it may be, um, uh, you know, large-scale uh, Commercial commercial kitchen, for example, oh. or a large scale, um, you know, uh, commercial spaces for for meetings or mm-hmm. uh, for large scale meetings, um, and all these different things. Who would have thought, like, no, yeah. you know, in just a c- couple years, the the ideas of cubicles is going away? Right. I remember when I was working in consulting, um, um, you know, our offices in San Francisco and Los Angeles. The whole point is. How many more cubicles can we accommodate? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? And to a point that they are talking to the senior leadership, they're talking to the senior managers and ask them to give up their office spaces so that they could build more cubicles. Oh, and their argument was, oh, you know what? All these managers, you want to get closer to your employees. You don't want to be hidden away in the corner offices. And I remember that actually Pissed yeah. off a lot of uh, managers because you know in the office environment, sure. people see having a corner office or even cor- office with a view as a trophy. Right, right. That's a right. that's your at the end of the day that that's your reward of of working hard and or being promoted. Right. Yeah. So the whole idea is different. Now, Joey, I, I know that you've talked about some of the clients that we we've served. Um, what are the other things that some of the other things that you have? observe and witness yeah so the other big space that um that's really kind of taking off uh mental health we have a i'd say a, a decent percent of our, our clients are in in some way shape or form the mental health space and oh you know the the case with all of them is that you know they were in the middle of pandemic and they recognized some opportunity to to help people they saw maybe things that were stressing them out stressing others out and you know they, they saw it as an opportunity they saw it as you know hey i'm sitting at home i can try to do something about this and, you know, they recognize the need. So I think that's been one of the fastest growing spaces that we've observed. What, what is their revenue model? What do they do? So it, it depends. And, and a lot of it, you know, depending on the, the person's credentials, you know, a lot of people are doing the uh, counseling, like different kinds of uh, consultations delivered mm-hmm. remotely, you know, integrating with Zoom, integrating with Google Hangouts, uh, the, whole, the whole deal and, and doing everything online, just building kind of like an online, uh, you know, uh, therapist's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, others are building these uh, communities with different levels of membership, different access to uh, to helpful content to support them along the journey, mm-hmm. um, all different kinds of revenue models. And some of the best ones that we've observed do both. Mm-hmm. You know, they find a way to leverage their own time, their own talents, but also have a very scalable, uh, easy to access aspect of their business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not it's not either or kind of thing. You know, you find all different ways to reach people where they're at, with, depending on what their situation is, and you, you find ways to... You know, work with everyone, and I think that's what the best models are doing right now. Right. So again, I mean, I think I think these par- these people have adapted pretty successfully, right? Very so they're, much so. They're, yeah. They're utilizing the remote software that we have, right, yep. to talk to people, and yep. and there are uh, most of them are individual uh, entrepreneurs, like they yeah. they have this new ideas and combining with their expertise, they're trying to deliver a set of services to the marketplace right. to cater to that needs. 
and and I could always I could also see that you know the landscape has changed very significantly in the technology space as well because you see all these interesting platforms that have been there uh, for quite some time and mm-hmm. even more prosperous during COVID. Oh yeah, like Fiverr. For example, yep. like individual freelancers, they yep. will, uh, you know, go to Fiverr and try to, um, you know, get a book booking of their services. Yeah. And I mean, they, they, they just deliver there. Their situation was, you have this, on one hand, you have like this all, this huge <laughs> demand because there's the, you know, like people that can't come into work. Right. At the same time, you have people that, you know, maybe didn't, weren't, weren't able to keep their job during right. COVID. Right. That have this talent and there, you know, there's this surge of people looking for ways to, to get involved. So that was, yeah. Yeah, I was talking to a few uh, restaurant owners, right? So they mm-hmm. have problems getting right. people come back to work, right? Right. And under, understandably so. Because, yeah. you know, obviously restaurant workers, really tough job. Oh, yeah. Very, very yeah, difficult work environment, not... right? Very difficult <laughs> yeah. work environment and not good pay. But right, right now, the th- things have changed because restaurant owners are actually willing to pay a lot more to get people come back to work. Yeah. Seeing all this demand. Yeah. For meals and, you know, people want to go out after COVID. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, I've been talking with a couple of uh, restaurant owners, and they all relate to me that their people don't want to come back to work because, you know, they don't want to change their lifestyle. Right. They understand now, you know, uh, you know after uh, having COVID, um, they realize how much time that they could have to their to their selves. Right. And they don't want to abandon that new lifestyle, and they want to do something else. Yeah. yeah. Which – is causing a constant disruption in particularly the service industry. We're talking about, you know, hospitality that covers restaurants, hotels. Um, you know, it's. I don't think we could go back to quote unquote normal anytime soon. Right. Right. Um, so how do we make sense of it? Right. Mm-hmm. So you see a wave of, of individual entrepreneurs. Yep. Young or old. Right? Yeah. So for the older generations, they probably have worked in the traditional work environment for a longer period of time. Now they realize, you know what? I want to do something on my own. For right. the younger generation, you know, they see how slow the um, earnings mm. have been um, you know, slow in pace right. uh, in terms of you know, earning increase. And they wanted to do something on their own. Right? Yeah. So the difference between the kind of like the older entrepreneurs and the younger entrepreneurs um, are two things, right? One number well, number one is access to capital. Right. right. So older entrepreneurs usually have larger, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, resources yep. in terms of capital. Uh, younger un- entrepreneurs they don't. Right. Right. Number two is experience. Yep. Right. But I would actually argue that with all these tools available, younger entrepreneurs actually stand. With a I think very that's a good fair. opportunity, yeah, right, because yeah. you know, for what we've observed, you know, as a uh, business service provider, is that oftentimes you need to educate the older generations mm-hmm. about the available tools out there. Right, uh, you have to teach them what SEO even means. Um, you know, how do we set up websites? How do we set up uh, the the revenue models? Um, you know, what are the available uh, payment tools out there? How do you integrate with uh, PayPal, Stripe? Uh, and right. things it's, of that it's sort. different sets of experiences. It's a different set of experience because they probably have never been, um, you know, uh, kind of like the consumers that are being targeted in this new economy. Mm. So they are still very much trapped by the traditional mindset that I need to go to school. I need to go to physical stores, brick and mortar stores right. to pick things up. Um, at the same time, the younger entrepreneurs—they're getting marketed to. 
yep. 24-7 through social media. So they have some notion of, well, I know social media marketing is, is, is pretty popular. And that, yeah, that's a good point. Exactly. So how do, we, how do we make sense of this? And how do we help these people, right? So uh, we've been talking about just among ourselves working with the local business community. I mean, we see grant opportunities. Right. Right. So the state agencies, um, not only in Pennsylvania, but also in other states as well, they have now grant opportunities to help entrepreneurs uh, to get out and maybe get the support that they need. Especially with COVID. Especially with COVID. Um, There's grant support. There's also, um, you know, um, tax workshops that Mm. uh, we ourselves attended. Right. Um, And not because that we need the information or knowledge, but we wanted to understand you know, what people are looking for. Right. Right. Um, you know, you, there is an untold benefit of tax liability reduction. If yep. you own a business, yep. everybody knows that. So there is just a lot of interesting opportunities that come out. Uh, and, and combining with the fact that the economy is recovering, but are we seeing the results? We are seeing the results, but the demand has not been met. Right. And I'm, it's, I, I think I particularly... I'm very interested in seeing how the holiday season is going to pan out. Mm. You know, I, I, I pray that the, the variants, the, the coronavirus right. variants, wouldn't negatively affect um, the holiday season too much. And my guess is it won't because, mm-hmm. you know, people are used to That's this it, idea. Yeah. Yeah. People are used to coronavirus. Um, you know, it is going to be there. Right. Uh, how do we, quote, unquote, eradicate the issue? I think... In, we're, what we're looking for may not be kind of like the ultimate answer of, you know, getting rid of it once and for, once and for all because mm-hmm. it's not going to be possible because you always have, will have variants. And I think people in the past couple of years have found a way to deal with the situation that, yeah. and recognizing the fact, acknowledging the fact that we need to coexist with, with the virus. Yeah, that's a good if, way to put it. If that's the case, what is it? that we business owners need to do? What is it that we need to do, right? So we talked about digital footprints. Yep. You can't avoid paying sales tax to Google, Facebook, uh, or Instagram, unfortunately. Right. Right. You got to have some exposure in, yep. the, in the online marketplace. Um, so, And that includes your website. That includes yep. um, you having a, a, a good plan out financial model. Yeah. Even the traditional brick-and-mortar stores like restaurants, I mean, during COVID times, so many restaurants that are doing uh, takeout now. Like even for yeah, oh, yeah. The, the mom and pop shop around the corner during COVID you times, need to. Yeah. you need to work with service providers like Grubhub or yep. Uber Eats to survive. Right? Yeah. And now they cannot go back because they've already got the system set up. Why would they want to go back? Yeah, and people's expectations now have been set that everyone worth going to has Grubhub. Like, there's there's that piece of it, too. Like, there, there are certain perceptions that aren't going to go back, even if and when the, the virus is completely eradicated. People have been changed by this. Right. So that's the first thing, right? Yep. you got to have some sort of digital presence, yep. and you have to really understand what it takes to have that model set up. Secondly, I would argue, is that it affects people's idea about long-term planning. Mm. Much like what happened in 2008, 2009, when we had the financial crisis, yeah. um, people at the time, you know, especially people uh, closer to retirement age at the time, got shocked to the core 
because they yeah. wanted to retire and now they realize that their asset, the value of their assets in the retirement accounts have shrunk significantly yeah. to a point yeah. that they couldn't retire. And I think people, are, people still have vivid memories mm-hmm. about what happened in the financial crisis. Yeah. The uncertainty is always going to be there. There's no way around it, right? And so when we talked about like long-term financial planning for entrepreneurs, what does that mean? Because your revenue model is not going to be sustainable at always. Right. Right? As always. You have to really build in some sort of innovative strength within your business or even within your people, within your mentality. Right. To think about, you know, what is your lead generation strategy? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you bring in customers? Um, do you have a diversified sources right. of lead generations? Or do you, what does your core business look like? How, how much profit and revenue your core business brings in? Yeah. And do you have some sort of you know, business segments that are currently not core but have the potential to become core? Right. right? So long-term financial and business model planning that relies on entrepreneurial spirit, innovative thinking, has to be built in somehow yeah. within your business. Yeah. And I argue that's probably the second most, take, uh, most, most important takeaway, you know, as we've learned from oh, the marketplace. Yeah. Every, everything is so dynamic, and you can't be so sure that things won't change. Yeah. Um, yeah. So after all that, if you're listening you know, or you're watching, you think, you know, what, where, where do I start? I think we get clients, you know, a lot of times and they'll come in at at various levels. You know, some are first time entrepreneurs, some are, you know, they have established businesses and they're just looking to, you know, enhance one particular piece of it. But every time I think we get a lot of questions that usually start focused around some piece of technology. I'm looking for, you know, to improve my, my Facebook advertising, or I'm looking to build a subscription model into my website. And first thing we always do then is, you know, when we're working with them, we, 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 Stop in the middle of that conversation. We just say, okay, you know, talk about your brand. Talk about what is that relationship you want to have with your customer. What are you ultimate? What value are you ultimately trying to to deliver? Instead of trying to tweak your value, tweak your your customer uh, discovery around the technology, you know, right. re- flip that. We'll understand what you really want to do, what you're doing best, maybe what you could be doing better. Like you said, if there are parts that aren't performing but could perform, and then from there, you know, we'll work backwards. We'll look at what technology is available to you. We'll survey what's, what's out there and then, you know, build a solution from there. And that's how we'll, that's, I think that's the best approach. And don't get me wrong. I, I, I acknowledge the fact that not every business is digital oriented. Not oh, yeah, business is online oriented because there are a lot of clients that we serve are traditional type and, and their business, their core business value is built upon the relationships and connections that they could build at the individual level. Right. Right. And I, I, I think that's a perfect model because the professional service industry in particular, you rely on the connections and you rely on the, very much, you yeah. know, kind of like the, 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 the quality of service that you could deliver. And that, that's how you sustain your business model. But right. there's got to be a better way for you to run the business more eff- effectively and efficiently. Your clients right now are forced to get used to the online meetings. Because mm. of coronavirus. Right. Right. They're not going to blame you for not showing up at right. this time. So you should leverage that. And I think that's a great point, right? Yeah. Um, the, introdu- the introduction of, of ha- using Zoom, yeah. that's not hard, right? Zoom, Google Meet, WebEx, Teams, Microsoft Teams, you know, 
we, we promote and preach those concepts all the times with the traditional type of types of clients right? yeah. and they appreciate it the clients appreciate it because they don't want to they don't want to take the risk of of COVID. yeah it's still um, the same type of interaction it's the same yep. what they want to be doing with their client it's just leveraging certain technology to do it when they when they can so if you fall into one that category what should you do then automation right is a big thing right so you we're I don't think that you are. You need to think about giving up your core value, no, which no. is to still cultivate relationships at the individual level with your customers and clients. Right. But internally, there is a lot that you could do. Yeah. Right? How do you manage the leads? Do you have a proper customer relationship management system? Do you have a proper tool for you to outreach? Right. Right. Uh, or. Um, can you look at the system and say, oh, I'm comfortable with the automate the type, the level of automation that I got? Or do you still have to rely on, you mm. know, labor, like manual labor to manage the database of your client contacts? I mean, in the valuation wor- world, um, on the finance side, mm. client list mm. carries value, right? Mm-hmm. Are you treating if you believe the core value of your existence is all these relationships and connections that you have built? Are you treating it with such importance, right, in your system, right? And unfortunately, I mean, a lot of cases that we have seen with our clients, they don't know how to do that, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, some of the clients that we serve, we built them with the automation system, right? So. Right. Uh, you know how the when the leads come in, uh, we have a database that stores the contacts and make sure that uh, we have uh, the tools um, available to our clients that'll distribute the leads to the right personnel and then follow through. Um, you know the right. entire engagement process. Yeah, it's still building towards that personal relationship. It's, it's just trying to do it more efficiently, yeah. but still, it, it, it's not a choice of automation or personal relationships. It's automations to enhance the personal yeah. relationships. And that's why I think people miss sometimes. They think that they, you know, it, it, it yeah, you can, you can still find ways to, to work with people. Yeah. And, and the, usually the first question that we got from the clients is, Oh, how much is this going to cost me? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and granted, we, we understand the, the, the problems and challenges that, bis, that facing business owners. Right. Um, and building a system, like if you're, if you're trying to build, build it from scratch, it's going to cost a lot. Sure. But at the end of the day, you need to navigate a marketplace and scan all the tools available to you and make sure that you get the right tools. Right. And I think this is where we find ourselves most helpful to our clients because we know the tools and we understand. Uh, we, you know, we come from a place where we have the experiences in serving all these clients um, prior and right. we understand what to recommend um, to build the optimal business flow so so that our clients could focus on doing what they do the, the best yeah that's and, what it all comes back to just get like removing hurdles exactly removing hurdles um, so you know do, do you want to talk a little bit about like for example what do you see going forward what are the challenges that because I have some ideas right and I, mm-hmm. you know I, I, I remain very optimistic I think that is built into my personality, you know, because mm-hmm. there are yeah. a lot of people that, that are calling it doomsday, right? Mm-hmm. So, oh, coronavirus, oh, this is not going to, 
you know, it's it's the, the disruptions that it causes will will linger and remain with us for quite some time. I mean, and there is no way that we could, you know, get back to kind of like the normal uh, economic conditions. What do you think? I mean, I think we talked about this, uh, yeah, before. I think there's not a loss of opportunity. It's kind of like a shift, mm-hmm. and that's what we were talking about with, you know, like, um, you know, I'll go back to fitness because we talked about them already, but. You know, when the, the opportunity of in-person uh, was lost, you know, it, it shifted. It's not like there were, there was no opportunities for, for gyms to pull ahead. They, mm-hmm. they just found, okay, you know, that we have to do it differently now. Mm-hmm. And I think you see that in every industry. I mean, what you and I would maybe normally have done in, a, you know, traditional years, we would have started, you know, getting, uh, working with people. We would have, you know, done more on-site visits. Mm-hmm. Instead, we said, okay, we can't do that. So how do we, what else can we do? Mm-hmm. So we do a podcast, we go out and we talk to leads online, we, we find all these other ways to build these connections. So it's a shift in opportunity. I wouldn't, I, I, I think it's, it would be a mistake to just look at it as only a loss in opportunity. I like how you put it, um, but people don't understand this. It's a zero-sum game, mm-hmm. right? Because we, right. see, we see the boom in opportunities for people that are willing to come out and adapt and take, take right. them, right? Right. And those opportunities must mean that somebody has have lost out. Somebody has already lost out. Right. Right. And the, so the shift in paradigm or the shift in model is going to create opportunities for some while taking opportunities from others. Yeah. And right. I think that's what really separates the people that walked away in a better place through this whole experience. You know, they probably were the first ones to see the loss, mm-hmm. but then they, they kind of tracked it. They saw where it shifted to. And it, it changes so rapidly and yeah. quickly in the marketplace that you can't even wait. Like, you don't want to wait. Right. Right. Um, and and Joey and I, we've been like serial entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've, <laughs> we've loved the idea of creating something and then, and then growing it. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think that mentality is widely shared. Um, there are still people that are, um, you know, uh, sticking with their, their, their lifestyle and trying to be comfortable. But I think based on what happened in the past two decades. I mean, you had the dot-com bubble, you had the financial market crisis, and now you have the COVID. Yeah. I, I think for anybody, anybody, even if you deem yourself not as an entrepreneur, not as an innovative person, you should build in with the idea of uncertainty. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm, not, I'm not even talking about survival. I'm talking mm. about thriving. Yeah. Right. So how do you thrive? under uncertainty is what I've always talked about. Yeah. And I think when, when clients come in the door, well, not in the door, but, you know, <laughs> remotely, yeah. as you know, uh, the situation right now, the first thing that we, we always talked about is um, what is your current revenue model? Right. Right. How do you bring in business? Is there any other way to diversify that? Mm. Right. Whether you are a brick and mortar or whether you are uh, running a, a strictly online business, there's got to be some sort of ways for you to build in and say, you know what? I want more. Mm-hmm. I want more not because I'm greedy. I want more because I want to always stay at the forefront seeing what my clients, our customers need. Right. And I want to be able to fulfill that. Otherwise, I'll be irrelevant. Yeah. Right? And, and this same idea is applicable to even workers. Right. Mm. If you work in a restaurant, for example, or if you um, work in the um, uh, logistics industries, for example, what do you sell if the external environment 
changes so rapidly. Like if you work in a restaurant, you can't provide the service when everything shuts down. Right. If you work in the logistics industry right now, you don't have things to sh- to sell because you know they might be congested. All the goods are being congested at the at the ports. Right. Right. You go to the dealership; they want to sell you cars. They don't have any cars to sell because everybody is pulling cars from the manufacturers. Right. You know. You know. Last month. Last month. Um, in um, July 2021, Volkswagen, on average, sells 32,000 cars to customers per month mm-hmm. in the United States. And their inventory level last month, 33,000. They don't have cars for you. Right. Right? So if you don't have things that you could sell to your customers, what can you live on? Because you... you because we don't care about, you know, how big the profit element is. You don't have things to sell. You don't have things to sell. Right. Right. Um, that uncertainty element has to be built in within our mentality and within our planning effort so that we could thrive. Right. Not we don't just want to survive. We want to we thrive. Yeah. So we're, we're utilizing this platform to not only preach but also to share with you what our observations are. And we'll yeah. keep doing that. And hopefully you could find some insight um, in what we talked about, because you know what we're seeing here is not just what happens, what's being reported in the news outlets. I think we're in an extremely privileged uh, position in that we serve clients mm-hmm. uh, firsthand, so we understand their concerns. When the construction companies ask us to um, uh, to help with their digitization effort, they share with us. You know, the kind of hit that they are experiencing at the yep. time, the raw materials, they couldn't even get enough raw materials to build houses. Yep. Um, so what happens with the, their business model? When we talked about when we talked about building them, um, you know, a better channel to solicit leads, the owner actually told us, I don't want more leads. Right. I can't fulfill them. Right. But my question for him was, do you expect this to be forever? Mm-hmm. Do you you because you, you need to have you have to prepare for the future? Yeah. Um, so the lead generation strategy is you you have to review that, right? You can't say that oh you know what I'm satisfied with what I have right now and don't you know I don't I don't want to worry about that. No, the the very fact that you are satisfied with it right now is the great present that presents a golden opportunity for you to better it. Right. 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 I hope you've enjoyed that we've talked what we've talked about today and um, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.